Hey, Dylan Kelly here, host of the Wave Break Podcast. Excited to get into this episode, but first, here's a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Wave Break Podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the growth marketing platform most recommended by other business leaders. Listen, in uncertain times, you need to be supporting your community and growing relationships with your customers. It's going to be appreciated. It's going to be remembered. It's going to be shared. And in good times and bad, this type of communication that's open and empathetic with your customers is key. This is a key theme that we've been talking about at Waybreak. I've been preaching this on the podcast. And when you're communicating with your customers in this way, the best way to do this is with email. It is and always will be one of the best channels for delivering communication like this. And what I love about Klaviyo is that email is one of its core offerings. And their personalization that you can do inside Klaviyo is just, it can't be beat. And when you leverage that personalization driven by a 360 degree view of the customer, these emails are gonna feel more relevant and they're gonna drive even stronger relationships. And Klaviyo gets it. They're not just, you know, some company. They understand how challenging it is right now for every entrepreneur. You know, it was hard to get your business off the ground and navigating these times is even harder. And if you're feeling overwhelmed with growing your business, know that you're not alone. Klaviyo is here to help you build relationships across any distance for your brand and create memorable and meaningful email marketing moments that last a lifetime. And that's how you build a successful e-commerce brand. And this is why I love Klaviyo so much because they're on the same page with me and Wavebreak is like, we're not just about making more revenue, that's great, but what this is really about is an opportunity to create an amazing community with your customers and the best way to do it is with email. And if you're not on Klaviyo, you gotta get on Klaviyo. Visit klaviyo.com to schedule a free trial. That's K-L-A-V. IYO.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Waybreak Podcast. Hope everybody's having a great year so far. This year, we're going to be sharing a lot more of our insider strategies on maximizing growth through email and CRM as a direct consumer or retail brand. If you want to get access to those insights, you can go to waitbreak.co slash join. That's waitbreak.co slash join. Uh, before we dive into today's episode, last week was just a pretty crazy week for D2C. A um, couple highlights are Skims is valued at $3.2 billion now after their recent raise. Um, so Kim Kardashian's $1 billion unicorn is now worth $3 billion. Um, this is following the trend that we're seeing inside of Athleisure of Viore's big raise at a big valuation and just that space in general. It's a really interesting space to watch. You've got Nike who's entering the space. Lululemon's obviously a big player. Gymshark doing really well in that space. Um, definitely something to keep an eye on and just very interesting. Um, the next piece is Athletic Greens uh, is now a unicorn as well. They've raised over $100 million in their latest round at a $1.2 billion valuation, which is really cool. Really interesting also in nutrition. So really interesting times for direct consumer. Um, just wanted to highlight those because I thought they were really interesting. Um, and today's interview is a, a good one as well. I'm joined by Julie Sawaya, who is the co-founder and co-CEO of Needed. They have a prenatal vitamin and supplement company. 
and are on a incredible growth trajectory. So they launched last year and have already grown to a 3.5 million dollar run rate in a short time. Only two people last year. Now I think they've got a couple more, but she breaks down their marketing, their product, their vision, how they reverse engineered the business before they launched it and how they're able to grow so fast despite iOS 14 and iOS 15. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Julie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, really excited to to talk shop today and talk marketing and how you've grown the brand. But before we dive into that, like give us the give us a quick rundown. What's needed? Why did you start it? And then we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, Needed is a perinatal nutrition company. So we're focused on optimally nourishing women and men before, during, and after pregnancy. And we sell primarily direct to consumer and through a network of perinatal nutrition and health practitioners. Um, we launched the company. The, really, the, we launched the products at the end of um, 2020, um, which is a challenging supply chain environment. Happy to speak to that. Um, but as we sit here now in January 2022, we're we're doing pretty well, grown very quickly through um, really off of the word of mouth from nutrition and health practitioners, um, which we think is hugely important because they really are the, the influencer that matters to our target consumer um, in this life stage. So yeah, and really started the company. Um, my co-founder Ryan and I met um, at Stanford Business School. We were next door neighbors our first year, and both of us had come from um, really a lifelong passion of nutrition and health. Um, my dad is an MD, and really everyone in my family comes from a, a medical background. And from a really young age, my dad was diagnosed with diabetes, and he was the least healthy person in my family. And that disconnect of a doctor being so unhealthy was not lost on me. And I think that's what really led me to love nutrition and understand its use as um, really therapeutic use um, in preventing complications. So when I met Ryan, both of us were in the life stage where a ton of our friends were starting their families. And we knew that was on the horizon for us. And as nutrition nerds, um, with trainings in nutrition, we both, um, were doing what we thought were the right things like shopping at the farmer's market and eating organic and incorporating a wide variety of foods into our diet. And we were truly shocked to discover through nutrient testing that we had huge nutritional deficiencies enough so that if we were to become pregnant at that point, we, you know, would have been at risk for things like preterm birth or, gestational diabetes or preeclampsia, like really pretty serious conditions that impact a lot of families. And this led us to, because I think for us being so healthy, it was so surprising that we dug into the research to see if we were alone in this. And what we realized is we're actually really far from alone. 97% of women in this life stage take a prenatal vitamin. Um, and yet 95% still have nutrient deficiencies. Um, and that's, for so many different reasons. One being that we're not getting as much out of our food as we think we are because soil quality isn't what it used to be. Food takes longer to reach us than it used to. And because prenatal vitamins generally are designed to meet just the very bare minimum needs, like enough to avoid a very serious complication, but not nearly enough to set women up to feel their best and to avoid, you know, more subtle feelings of just not thriving. Um, so that could be like really low energy or nausea or, you know, feeling low in terms of mood postpartum. Um, and so 
we, I think, just set out at that point to to change that and and realize that it doing so, really creating solutions that genuinely meet women's needs would require completely redesigning the prenatal vitamin and all of the other nutritional support that women need from the ground up. So um, although we launched our products in 2020, we actually started the company in 2017 and had a really um, involved R&D period where we worked directly with perinatal nutrition and health practitioners that are testing nutrient and hormone levels day in and day out um, to understand what women need. And of course, complemented that with the available clinical research. So that's how we got to where we are now. Um, you know, I think our growth has been really speedy since the products launched, but it's, it's not been an overnight journey for us. Yeah. And so, I mean, lots to lot to unpack there. And I mean, it's, it's so interesting. This is what I love about like this next generation of brands too, is like, we're discovering that all these products that we were told were great for us really aren't. Um, <laughs> and so it's great to actually have solutions out there that are like, you know, being vetted to the next level, which is great. And people taking that into their own hands. Um, and with that, like speaking of product, where, where did you start? And like, I'm noticing you guys have a pretty extensive product catalog, you know, pretty much a year after launch, like how many products did you launch with? Yeah. So we launched with our complete plan for women, which is a four-part protocol. It includes a prenatal vitamin that was redesigned from the ground up. It has 24 vitamins and minerals in optimal doses and in forms that your body can best use. I can speak to that journey. That that product um, was many years in the formulation process. Um, and we pair our prenatal with an omega-3. A lot of women know that DHA is important in pregnancy, you'll often find it in a prenatal, but it's actually much more optimal to take omega-3 separately from your prenatal because the omega-3 is so prone to oxidizing and going bad if it's mixed with vitamins and minerals. Um, so we offer it in a separate product um, that's bundled with the, the prenatal multi, as well as the collagen protein. So collagen is something that many of us have heard of the benefits of it for gut health or for, you know, in the women's health space, health and wellness space, it's um, gotten a lot of buzz for the beauty benefits, but collagen during pregnancy is actually, I view it as something that's really much more of a need to have than a nice to have um, because in pregnancy, several of the amino acids that are found in collagen become conditionally essential, meaning your body cannot synthesize them. It has to be consumed through food and just the idea of consuming the foods that are rich in, um, in collagen naturally, like, you know, chicken skin or eating animals nose to tail is generally like a complete turnoff for women during pregnancy. So that's a really good one. It's great for, um, building baby, building the placenta, supporting skin stretching and recovery after birth. And then lastly, our complete plan includes a tailored pre and probiotic that is, inclusive of strains that have been clinically studied to support maternal and infant health. So, you know, there's a lot of probiotics on the market. um, But what we were shocked to find is that there really wasn't a tailored pre and probiotic focused on pregnancy that included meaningful strains that that really have outcomes supporting their use. So um, that's what we launched with. And we started out with a prenatal multi in a powdered form. We've since grown that prenatal multi collection to include a capsule version and what we call our essentials version, which is a pared down version, fewer pills, easier to take for um, 
nauseous moms. And then last year, we also launched our complete plan for men um, because sperm health is a huge factor in fertility and pregnancy outcomes. Um, up to 40% of infertility is male factor. And, you know, miscarriages are very common and, um, you know, a good portion of miscarriages can be attributed to sperm issues as well. So we really like to focus on optimally nourishing um, both partners um, to the, to the fullest potential that we can. Yeah. And so how many total products do you have today? So currently, so we've, there's four in the complete plan for women, three in the complete plan for men. And then we have a collection of, let's see, five add-ons right now. We have a stress support for women for preconception and postpartum, which is an awesome product. Um, you know, a natural way to reduce stress, which is so prevalent during the time period, you know, trying to conceive can be really stressful, especially for couples who are experiencing infertility or prolonged, um, fertility journeys. And then also postpartum for women, um, you know, the lack of sleep and, and juggles of being a new mom can be really stressful. We also have a sleep and relaxation support product that is pregnancy safe, which is awesome because there's almost nothing on the market that's actually safe for pregnancy. Um, and insomnia is so common during pregnancy. And then we have a hydration support. That's our newest product. It just launched um, this week, actually. And then we have an iron and a vitamin D add-on um, for those who need it. Generally, those are most recommended in the third and fourth trimester um, when your needs do increase for both of those nutrients. So yeah, pretty, pretty robust product line and, and a lot of um, extensions to come later this year, which we're excited about. But I think really what we're known for is um, complete, like a really complete approach to nutrition. Our customers love that when they come to need it, they can buy really get everything that they need for this life stage from one brand. And we, you know, we offer really um, enticing bundling discounts when you're bundling the products together to, to meet your needs. So um, most of our customers are buying two to four products from us. Um, and we have a, a really high subscription rate, although we do offer our products as one-time purchases too, because, um, I think we never want to make that choice for the consumer to lock them into a subscription. But what we see is um, upwards of, you know, many months, it's like upwards of 90% of our revenue is from subscriptions. Wow. And then, yeah. And, and what's really awesome, like you've launched all these products so fast, but you've also like grown into a leader really fast too. Like now you're being recommended by a lot of people in the space and um, doing really well, growing really fast. Like, tell me about that. So you, you finally, after a lot of development, of this product, you get it live. And then it's like, okay, now we got to get people to actually buy it. So where, where did you go from there? Yeah. Well, I think, I feel, I think we feel fortunate, Ryan and I, that, you know, during our time at Stanford, we, we were actually able to like vet the idea um, while we were still in business school and use some of our class curriculum in support of researching the idea. And so from the very earliest stages of starting needed, we've focused on understanding consumer needs and then speaking to the practitioners that women are getting their recommendations from. Um, And so really we built the products to meet the needs that we already knew were out there. And through that um, user, and I would call it like user interviews or user journey mapping plus Consu- uh, practitioner um, 
need finding. I think that's how we developed um, such strong relationships with perinatal nutrition and health practitioners, a lot of whom have big social media followings um, and are people of influence to women in this life stage. So I would say we were building the, the marketing model hand in hand with the product development so that when we launched, we weren't, you know, we weren't an entirely new product or an entirely new brand to um, the practitioner community. They knew we were coming and they were waiting for us to come. Um, and I think that's what's led to such rapid adoption um, from that practitioner audience, which trickles down to, you know, really loyal customers and, and being able to keep our customer acquisition costs reasonable because a lot of orders are coming in through our practitioner affiliate program. Um, we're not entirely relying on, you know, Facebook or Instagram algorithms to, to deliver customers to us, which is nice. Yeah, that's great. And so how does that, how does that work exactly? I think that's a great idea. Like having them involved in the product development. I've talked with people on the podcast before where like even getting customers to like give feedback on it is like, yeah, it just like creates this sort of like bond to it where they feel like they, they well, you know, in many cases they did help create it. And then they feel just like, you know, like it's a, a special thing and they're a lot more willing to recommend it. And then what does that look like? So is it they're recommending it to their patients? Do they also have, you know, it's, it's almost like influencer marketing in a sense. And then do they yeah. also have social media followings that they're posting this out to, or is it more like these are my patients and I recommend it to them or what does that look like? Yeah, I would say primarily, um, you know, probably in terms of volume of referrals, I, I would attribute most of that to these practitioners' online followings and communities. What we saw happen during the pandemic, and, you know, this was, this was a trend that was beginning to occur pre-pandemic, but it certainly accelerated with COVID, is that practitioners began coming online in droves because they realized that the one-to-one -one patient relationship was only scalable to such a point and that they had really awesome education to share. Um, and, you know, why not share that with a much wider audience? So most of the practitioners we partner with, I would say probably view themselves much more so as online educators versus influencers. And mm. we really, I think are, they're not like a market, like the influencer market where you can buy your way in, which right. I think is really important to, um, it was really important for our defensibility is because they are not, they're, they're just not going to recommend a product that they can't fully get behind and that they wouldn't use themselves and, and recommend to their patients in their daily practice. And so I think that's where, you know, establishing their trust, um, at least with our early cohort really came through the product R and D phase of involving them in the, the research behind every single nutrient we were selecting, um, you know, sharing samples with them when we had early product samples before launch, um, getting their opinions. Like I will, I will say, you know, now I'm a big believer in collagen, but I was previously a vegetarian and for a while was a vegan. And, you know, the, the advocacy around including collagen in the complete plan really came from our practitioner community because they saw the difference in terms of, um, baby's growth and in terms of postpartum recovery for women when collagen was being incorporated versus when it wasn't. Um, so I think that's a really great example of like not being overly wedded when you're, when you're starting a company, not being overly focused on what's your solution, but really listening to what, what is the need and being solution agnostic until you fully understand what the problem is and, and where the needs are. Um, 
And yeah, I think that's, that's served us well. Um, and that's probably what I'm most proud of is, is that we've established this trust with this really influential and growing community of women's health practitioners that, um, have such a loyal following and whose influence really matters. And, and it, um, in many ways, I think it means more than, um, you know, means more in some ways than being like number one on Google search, like, because in this life stage, women are so, um, desperate really for, um, recommendations from a trustworthy source. Uh, there, there, there's so many prenatals on the market. It's really overwhelming for women to choose. And so having, the recommendation come from someone who is trained in nutrition um, really matters. And now a quick break for a quick word from our sponsor, Okendo. Okendo is the new standard in customer reviews for high growth Shopify brands. We use them with our clients and they work with over 4,000 of the fastest growing Shopify retailers like Skims, Nomad, and Buck Mason to help them leverage their most powerful asset, their customers. Okendo gives brands all the tools they need to capture and showcase customer-generated content like product reviews and ratings, photos and videos, and Q&A. Plus, they have an awesome integration with Klaviyo that makes it easy to do cool stuff like send review request emails and target shoppers based on review content. And now that it's that time of year again, when Black Friday and Cyber Monday are top of mind, Okendo is offering a 90-day free trial to help e-commerce brands ramp holiday conversion without having to worry about increased subscription costs. If you sign up before October 31st, you pay nothing until 2022. It's really a no-brainer to me, and don't worry, you won't be forced into any expensive annual contracts after your trial is up. They offer super affordable monthly subscriptions starting at $29. So you can make the most out of this holiday season with a little help from Okendo. Visit okendo.io and start your free trial today. That's O-K-E-N-D-O.io. Thanks, Okendo, for sponsoring the show. Yeah. And like when you talk about partnering with these people, like when you go to launch, like are you partnering with like 10 of them? Is it like 50 of them? Or like what does that look like on a more tactical level to get the message out from these people who are so trusted? Yeah, let me think back. I think we launched with probably... I want to say 50 to a hundred affiliates signed on, um, who were, you know, excited about the brand had reviewed the product labels, you know, were excited to, um, you know, a good number of them had been involved in the formulation and, and, or had tried product samples. Um, and that program has grown really quickly. Um, so we're in the, you know, many hundreds now, um, and expect to be approaching a thousand, um, later this year. And is that the goal? Like get in front of as many of these people as possible? Yeah. I mean, I would or say one of them, I guess I would say it's such like, a great product. That's obviously resonating with everybody. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think, you know, numbers is, is certainly one thing. Um, you know, we of course want to be in front of as many, um, practitioners as we can and, and serving as many women as we possibly can. But I will say like, I think our focus has been on alignment with practitioners who are really a good alignment fit with our brand, who are great at educating. And like with, you know, any influencer marketing approach, you know, you'll have some who perform, um, you know, and convert hundreds of customers and others who convert a couple a month. Um, And there's a place for both in our affiliate program. Um, But I think probably the number one thing we look for is really, alignment and, um, focusing on practitioners that we really feel like are going to be good ambassadors for the brand, because ultimately that's, 
that's effectively what they become. Yeah, that's amazing. And then outside of this, um, you know, practitioner, influencer, I'm doing like air quotes behind the scenes mm -hmm. um, strategy, like what else does marketing look like beyond that as you continue to grow the company? Yeah. Um, so, you know, for sure, um, as any good direct-to-consumer company, Facebook, Instagram, Google, um, you know, all of those channels matter. We're, you know, I wouldn't say we're huge on TikTok now, but, um, but you know, we're dabbling in TikTok. Um, I'm a mid to older millennial myself, so I don't personally spend much of my time on TikTok, but um, have been amazed by how um, how well some of our practitioner partners um, have grown their following on TikTok. Um, and, you know, it's a good discovery channel, not necessarily a conversion channel, but really good for brand awareness or initial discovery. Um, so, yeah, I would say it, in many ways, we think of our, our direct-to-consumer approach as being practitioner-supported. So practitioners are featuring in many of our ads, many of our, um, you know, like a lot of our content is crafted by practitioners and our marketing is very educational and um, content-focused. So I don't necessarily think of it as like, okay, we have a, a, you know, a paid ad strategy and then we have this affiliate program. There's a lot of crossover because we'll leverage um, affiliate content in our paid marketing. Um, and I think that's really where there is power because, you know, some of these practitioners have hundreds of thousands of followers, but others have 10,000 followers and they can perform super, super well in an ad, even with a small following. Um, because we have, you know, we have audiences that are proven to work and, and it's really about making the content really relatable. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's probably for me, like what I find most interesting about our marketing channel, especially with, um, all of the disruption that the space is seeing with iOS and, um, you know, privacy changes, audiences getting smaller and, um, it getting more difficult to attribute, um, performance in, in Facebook, I think, um, the yeah. beauty of uh, leveraging affiliates, you know, if they're sharing code, you can track the conversions much more accurately than you can um, through, you know, a general Facebook ad. Um, so we've, we've been relatively um, unaffected by, you know, by some of those changes. And I think, um, you know, we're continuing to see like really healthy um, customer acquisition costs throughout last year and, and into early this year. Yeah, that's great. And what I love about your strategy is that you actually have a strategy. It's not like, oh, we just, you know, because it was different a few years ago. Like you could just throw on Facebook ads and let, you know, Facebook, the Facebook algorithm do the work and it would find your customers. Uh, but you guys are starting from, you know, a point where it's like, you know, quote, not that easy anymore. I still think there's so much opportunity and I think needed is proof that it exists, but you need a strategy. And I love how all your strategy feeds into like, hey, let's let's get close to the customer, to the person that's already trusted that they listen to. Let's have a best in class product that these people love because then everything is just like, so it's like infinitely scalable because, you know, each time you, you have to convince way less people because all these other people already trusted. And then it also makes your marketing easier. Like you said, like you can integrate this messaging throughout everything. And then you're building your brand around being like a proven trusted product all while you acquire all these customers at the same time. So it's kind of like this really, really great flywheel of a, a great strategy, which is, which yeah. is really cool. Um, yeah, totally. that's awesome. And then, you know, thinking about other, other things, like I know it's subscription. You say sometimes it's like 90% subscription. Like 
I, I don't know if you've been around to have like full life cycle of customers, but like, what does that look like in terms of retention? Are you focusing on that at all currently? Or are you still trying to focus on growing the initial subscriber base or what does that look like? I know some other things you do too, is like you said before, is, you know, we also want people to be able to buy in a one-time order too, because some consumers operate that way. So yeah. talk to me a little bit about the subscription side of the business, how you think about acquiring subscribers, retaining those subscribers and, and what that looks like. Yeah. So we definitely um, prioritize um, retention. I think as a company in this category, especially with as high of a subscription percentage as we have, that's such a huge growth lever in a way to keep, um, you know, to, to grow really quickly while not, um, you know, not deploying crazy amounts in um, customer acquisition costs. So that is a huge priority for us. I'm really excited. I think, you know, we talked before the podcast, but until um, until this month, January 2020, we were a full-time team of just me and my co-founder, leveraging a lot of contractors, but without a full-time internal team. And one of the first hires, the first hire really that I made on the marketing side was for a lifecycle marketer who could really own the the KPIs around, of course, our like email and SMS channels, but also customer retention, loyalty, you know, how much customers spend with us on any given month. Um, And that really matters. I think, you know, there's just a huge opportunity. I think we're good at it today. Like we have healthy um, retention metrics and healthy um, lifetime values, but we see a huge opportunity. Like we're, we're good at it in terms of um, where the numbers sit, but with very little effort because um, we've just been so, um, such a small team. You know, I think we have excellent customer support and we've got great products and that really was our retention strategy until, until this month. But um, it's a huge emphasis for the go forward um, because of, you know, how quickly we're seeing subscriber growth. So yeah, I think yeah. that's critical. And I think like if you don't have that focus from early on, you run into the risk of, you know, having a leaky bucket of it right. doesn't really matter how many people you pour into the top top of your funnel or even how many conversions you get if you're not retaining them. So I think my personal view is that growing life cycle or growing retention marketing hand in hand with growth marketing is really essential. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely, I think we have, unlike some companies in our category, we have a really high average order value and we, we have customers buying, um, you know, three months worth of product from us up front. Um, we recently launched what we call our trimester bundles, which is basically a three month subscription that renews every 90 days. Um, and that is leading to, as you can imagine, like stacking three months worth of revenue, um, out three months from now, like that, that really builds our, scheduled recurring revenue in a huge way. So um, I think, you know, even where we're at right now, we feel really good about our lifetime value um, in relation to our customer acquisition costs. But I see big opportunities to to scale from here, um, you know, in 2022. For sure. Yeah. And, and to touch on like one last topic, I guess, as we start to run out of time here, but I think that's another point we didn't mention. Like you grew really fast to, you know, millions in run rate and also you're only two people. (laughs) So tell me, tell me about the team side. What was it like in 2021 with being just you and your co-founder to like now having a small team? Like, what has it been like to develop that and go from, 
I mean, that's really impressive growth for just two people. Did you guys sleep? <laughs> Thank you. Or... <laughs> yeah, you know, it, I, w- I would say I, I'm not eager to redo that year. Um, but <laughs> I think we feel we feel super lucky to, um, you know, to have accomplished what we did as, as a team of two. Um, but it feels really good to have a team. And um, I think our philosophy is, you know, coming from um, the Bay Area and like, you know, a lot of our business school classmates, I think a lot of the philosophy is like team size equals growth. And from the get-go, I think we were both somewhat skeptical of that, of, you know, hiring too far ahead of growth. There's a balance. Like, you know, if you, if you don't hire quickly enough, you're going to hinder your growth, but you also don't want to get too far ahead of your skis and end up in a situation where you've hired um, ahead of growth. And so I think, you know, we erred on the side of caution in terms of team build. And um, it certainly was, you know, we raised a, um, our seed round last year. And I think it was rather shocking to investors um, what we what we had built with with two of us full time. But, um, you know, I think our, our philosophy will will remain having like a small but mighty team, um, at least through the balance of this year. Um, you know, we went from two to six now. So that's that's pretty rapid um, percentage increases. And I think we have a lot of horsepower around um, around our team um, now to grow, you know, grow to what we need um, to accomplish this year. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's, that's super exciting, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the good news is you're, you're not gonna, you know, year one of any business is hard anyway. So, um, that's, if you're going to do it, you might as well go all in and grow it. Um, (laughs) that's great. And yeah, we're starting to run out of time now, but it's been, it's been great to chat with you. Like some of the brands we've interviewed lately have been more like later stage, but it's awesome to get back to like boots on the ground, like scaling, scaling a brand in today's marketplace. Like you said, it's different. It's not what it used to be, but really exciting to see, see you and your team having success in this market with a great product. That's also like really helping people. I think that's, what's really exciting about being in this space. Um, and yeah, yeah, as we just start to wrap up here, like any, any thoughts or words of advice you want to end on? I think the, I think what's really important is in terms of like the stage that I'm at, which is like, we have clear product market fit and we are scaling. I personally think it's really important to, you know, focus on a couple channels that you can really win at, especially if you have a small team and, that's not to say don't test in other channels, but I think there's a temptation when you've had success and you're trying to grow to then go do all the things. So if you're doing well on Facebook and Google, then to go try to scale on TikTok and Pinterest and podcasts and out of home and like all of these other channels simultaneously. And I personally think like continuing to have focus and understanding like what are you uniquely good at and what are, where are you going to uniquely win is really top of mind for me. Um, but the temptations there, especially if you raise, um, third party capital, you know, the temptation is there to grow at all costs, but, um, you know, I think maintaining a discipline around what are the channels you really feel like are in alignment with your product and your consumer and where you can have outsized returns on your ad spend. Um, and I think that's, for me, that's like, I think what I'm staying focused on this year is, um, is keeping that discipline that got us to this point. Absolutely. It's funny. I was just writing about that this morning for our newsletter. Like, 
you know, it seems, oh, we can grow so fast if we add all these channels to do all these things. Like I was talking about it more in the context of like life cycle marketing and like, oh, like, you know, especially now, like brands are getting the kick of like, oh, we got to do something with life cycle. I know it's because I'm having these conversations on a daily basis with, with brands. And it's funny because they're like, oh, we got to go from nothing to everything. Like we need to, oh, we definitely got to launch SMS because we haven't been doing much with that and we don't want to miss out. We also have to ramp our cadence to three times a week because we're definitely leaving money on the table. We also should update all of our sequences, journeys, flows, and automations, especially our brand cart. Like when's the last time we touched that? We also need to think about how this is going to impact our LTV to maximize our LTV. We also need to A-B test and optimize everything. Then on top of that, we should also be thinking about a loyalty and rewards program. And like you just get in all these ideas and then before you know, it's like, whew, okay, we need it all done next month. Yeah. And then you no, fast totally. forward and none of it gets done six months from them or like a little bit does versus like, you know, it's so funny you end up and you can even go back to the old episodes and listen. It, like, it's funny. I ask these people, I'm like, well, how'd you grow so fast? They're like, we figured out what worked and then we just scaled it up. Like I was talking with uh, Alex Dasmalchi. I reference this episode all the time, but he founded Vanity Planet and, yeah. um, he was like, yeah, we found out influencer marketing worked. I'm like, so then how'd you grow so fast? He's like, we scaled that to a department of 20 people in 12 yeah, months. Yeah, we did more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're always looking for that new thing and we make things a lot harder than it is. And I think that's a great reminder for anybody at any stage, like just focus and go a little bit deeper, like you mentioned on two, three channels or two, three products, whatever it is. And yeah. uh, you can see a ton, ton of results from that. Like you can grow faster by doing less which doesn't yeah. seem right. Yeah, it's true. no, I, I completely agree with that. And I think um, it's, you know, even though I like, I intellectually know that and I'm sharing that as the advice, like that's also advice <laughs> for myself too, because the temptation so, is is really there um, to, to deviate from what's working for you instead of just doing, doubling down and doing more of what is already working. Yeah, it is really fun to always chase the, the shiny object, but you know, that's why we all build these teams around us. So they can say, Hey, 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 slow down. That, yeah. <laughs> that's impossible. Yeah. Or like, this is working right. It's like, okay, cool. Um, but no, I, I totally agree with that. And no, it's a great reminder refresher always. Cause it's, there's always a new idea, even like the podcast, like someone probably listens to this. You're like, Oh, X, Y, Z is a great idea. I got to do that tomorrow. It's like, yeah, maybe the takeaway is really like what's really working and how can you double down? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, Julie, it's been awesome to have you on the show. Congrats on, you know, putting all I, all that work in and, and seeing it start to pay off. That's some incredible growth. And um, it's yeah. great to feature you here. Where can we go? Like if, if you're, if we need your product or we're just curious mm-hmm. to learn more and see, um, see it in action, where can we go to find out more about you and your brand? Yeah. So our website is thisisneeded.com and on Instagram, we are at needed. Awesome. Love the Those name. The best places to find us. Yeah. And we, uh, we landed on the name because we just kept going back to like, we're not just trying to like, like the world doesn't need another supplement. Yeah. We're trying to actually meet real needs. Um, and so, you know, at, at a certain point, our branding agency is like, you just need to call yourself needed because you can't stop saying it. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That's a great name. I love it. All right. So this is needed.com. Check it out, everybody. See what they say in practice. And um, yeah, it's been great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Great chatting with you too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Waybreak Podcast. If you're not subscribed on iTunes or Spotify, go hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes. And if you're not on our email list, go sign up at wavebreak.co slash join. You'll join other e-commerce leaders at brands like Skims, Cartier, and Walmart, and thousands more. 
learning exactly what's working in e-commerce right now. You won't want to miss it. Sign up at waybreak.co slash join. It's free. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Waybreak Podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you.